Hey, welcome to the Frankincense Podcast. This is Bobby. This is Jared. We are here for another episode with you. Yes. Such a big time to talk. There's so much stuff happening in the world today, especially around politics, especially around the church, especially around the party that is represented in politics by the church. Yeah. (laughs) So we are going to be talking about this whole Twitter storm that occurred recently, (laughs) um, you know, like three days ago, I guess, maybe, Um, maybe even longer. I think it's about three days ago. But, um, you know, we have our president... um, Saying some things mm-hmm. uh, on, the, on, on the Twitter, on the Twitterverse. Twitter storm is a good word for it. I, I know that uh, that that word's been in use, but let's take it back to its original meaning, right? Uh, Twitter is just the sound that a collection of birds make, yeah. and when they're in a tree uh, twittering, and you get a Twitter storm, you usually have to clean it off your car. So, yeah. <laughs> so could a, could a Twitter storm be a shower of poop? Uh, yeah. to, you know, if we're going to extend this metaphor. Yeah, I think so. All right, here I we go. So. Here we I, go. I think so. Twitter storm. Um, so let's just read the tweets. Um, so Donald, at real Donald J. Trump, um, he tweeted out, So interesting to see progressive Democrat congresswomen who originally came from countries whose governments are, co- are a complete and total catastrophe, the worst, most corrupt, and inept anywhere in the world, if they even have a functioning government at all. Not loudly. Dot 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 dot. Ambitiously. There's a lot of characters for for an ellipsis. Ambitiously telling the people of the United States, the greatest and most powerful nation on earth, how our government is to be run. Why don't they go back and help fix the totally broken and crime-infested places from which they came, then come back? And show us how it's done. Um, sorry, I forgot. Show us how dot 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 it is done. Okay. These places need your help badly. You can't leave fast enough. I'm sure that Nancy Pelosi would be very happy to quickly work out free travel arrangements. Now, that tweet or those tweets became. Ever so famous recently, um, and people have been calling him out basically for being using um, racist language and right. racist tropes. There's yeah. definitely one big racist trope in it, um, you know that um, it pops up again, you know, over and over in history. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, where would you like to begin? Would you like to parse that one out? Because as you're reading it, I <laughs> I'm reading you know, other t- tweets of his at the same time. So okay, I, <laughs> I know it is tough, uh-huh. right? Because there are a lot, and I'm telling you, anyone who doesn't follow uh, the president's Twitter, um, or at least look at it, you don't have to follow it, um, but but you can look at you can look at things without following. It. There's a really nice website called the Trump Twitter Archive. I mm. feel like they don't really know what he talks about. If yeah. You're not following it. I I think maybe you're just kind of like. Um, you know, in happy land, <laughs> they're ignorant to what's really being said. Yeah. Um, so l- let's just kind of work through the his process. Yeah. Because the thing is, now, again, we've made it clear kind of how we feel about about some of the things that he says and, and the things that he stands for. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Now we do. I I do not personally hate the man. No. Um. We we would never say those words. We do not hate. Um. You know. I I have problems with words that he says. I have right. problems with things that he that he stands for. I have problems with some of the the policies that he stands for. Mm-hmm. I will also give credit where credit is due. He has done some good stuff for the economy in certain places, not everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um. And, you know, yeah, the economy may look really good in certain spots, but I'm pretty positive I'm still seeing a lot of poverty mm-hmm. and a lot of struggle. Um, so, you know, it's not perfect, and I'm not saying that he's claimed to be. However, um, when he writes these words, um, it's very clear of who he's speaking about. Yeah. And he's speaking about... Um, four women in particular, mm-hmm. and I know a lot of people have been talking about this. But, and, and those and four women knew. Yeah, you know, they knew it was uh, directed at them. Yeah, a lot so, of people have been talking about this. Yeah. It's been all the night shows. It's all been you yeah. know, and 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 Trump has tripled down on his on his um, on his thought process. Yeah, he just had a rally one or two nights ago where he had people chanting, "Send her back, send her back." Right. In regards to a woman who right. is a naturalized citizen who is Muslim. And, you know, the thing is, like, we are in America, people. Like, right. America is made up of all different types of people. Right. It is not a Christian nation. I want to, I, I, like, I, I don't know why we continue to think like that, why we want to claim that. Because, honestly, if we want to claim that, we are sucking as a Christian, Christian nation. Because, and I will say that, and I say that strongly, and I mean it strongly, because where is the love? Jesus clearly says that he that they will know you are followers or my followers by your love, yeah, not by your pol- politics, not by um, whether or not you're for abortion or against abortion, not whether or not you you stand up against Muslims, not whether or not you're ready to fight for your guns. It's your love. It's the words that you use towards other people, and when you have a group of people. And probably 80 to 90% of the people who are in his rally would claim that they are followers of Christ. I think that's uh, true because um, we know that uh, it was over 80% of uh, white evangelicals uh, voted for Donald Trump for president. Yeah. And when they are yelling out, send her back, the message that they're sending is... Anybody who's not like us, mm-hmm. we don't want you here. Right. What is my yeah? What is my personal definition of what a, a real American is? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, uh, over and over, um, <clears throat> one of the you know racist beliefs that persists in this country is that uh, a real American is white. Right. And and I'll be honest. Um, you know, I'm, this is probably the first time I'm saying this out loud, and it's on this podcast. Okay. Um, I have some fear. Yeah. Um, I had somebody say to me the other day, they're like, man, you live in Trump country. Yeah. Now, there are some debate on that. There, there are some debates going on whether or not this West Virginia is really Trump country. Mm-hmm. But I have some fear. My last name is Benavides. Mm-hmm. I am a Hispanic male. I have kids with the last name Benavides. They are part Hispanic. Yeah. They have that blood in them. What I'm hearing from a lot of people in these things is that if you challenge a system, if you question um, 
authority and you are not like them, then they will send you back. Where they're going to send this person back, I don't know because she's a naturalized citizen. I mean, like, send her back. I mean, like, are they going to, are they really going to revoke her naturalized citizenship? Right. No, they can't. Just just as American as, you know, uh, millions of white people. You can't yeah. send yeah. me yeah. back. Right. I was born here. Correct. But for some reason, we get this mentality. Oh, you have a different last name. Oh, you're this. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're that. You must be from another country. Mm-hmm. Send you back. Right. I just saw a, a, a video, a viral video about a, a guy who saw two young children who are two young people who were cousins from Mexico who were with their mom. Yeah. Who had them with her in the in the country and they were visiting family. They were on a bike ride or something like that, or and like something broke down. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. And basically, he was like, "Do you know that that's illegal?" And they're like, what are you talking about? What's your problem? He said, they need to go back to their country. They're illegal. And she's like, they're my kids. Uh We are visiting our family. How are you going to tell me that this is... And this is what is now in, like, infiltrating... You mean this idea that if, if, if you don't look white you don't belong here and therefore the assumption is you gotta be here illegally Mm -hmm. you must be yeah okay and so now like my fear is that i'm gonna have to continually say no i'm i'm from here yeah i was born and raised here i have a social security number i can show it to you i can tell you and that is a fear that i'm holding because i'm watching this this political movement yeah becomes so vitriolic that people are instantly turning on each other instead right. of saying, how do we love each other, man? And and, I, yeah. and this is where Trump is missing it. Mm-hmm. Because he wants to take this Republican Party that's supposed to be a Christian party, right? It's the mm-hmm. evangelical party. And, okay, look, yeah, people say, well, I, I didn't vote for him for who he is. I vote for him for because he's going to stand for my platform of my agenda is, you know, abortion's illegal, yeah, uh, my agenda is, um, you know, I want I want to still maintain Christian rights and, and gun rights, and and so and I know that if I vote for him, he'll be able to protect those rights. No one, you're making a lot of assumptions about the Democratic Party that you're that they're instantly going to be taking away everything, and that they're going to that that's I, I don't believe that's even possible, right? Constitutionally, but for some reason, we really have this fear. Right. It's a fear. I think it's just that. I think it's a fear. And it's creating mm-hmm. fear in a lot of people who mm-hmm. are not of the white color. Yeah. And I know there's black Trump supporters. I know there are Mexican yeah. Trump, Trump well, supporters. Well, yeah, because everybody doesn't think the same. You know, a, a group of people of a certain ethnicity or skin color are not a homogenous group. Yeah. So you're going to have black Trump supporters. And, yeah. and that's awesome. Yeah. But for me, it's like if I were to say anything against Trump, I'm instantly anti-American. Right. And no, I'm not. Absolutely not. And and that's what's happening to these congresswomen. Right. Is that they are saying things against his systems. Right. Against the, the things that have been in place. Against the processes. You know, they recognize that, yes, Obama built the, the, the facilities. They recognize that. They aren't stupid to that. Yeah. But Trump has the power to not do it the way that he's doing it. Yeah. Well, this is Bobby. Your fear right now is what I didn't want to happen, and this is why I was, um, you know, against him being put in a position of of president, being put in a position where, you know, president the president does set a tone 
there, there's only so much she can do constitutionally, mm-hmm. but it's still a lot. It's a, there's there's a lot of military power in it, um, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of um, you know there's a lot of economic influence, but there's a lot of cultural influence, you know. And I was worried about the cultural influence, and um, until you just said it, I didn't really think it had gotten that bad. And can I be honest with you that that's my privilege because because I'm white, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't have to think about it, you know. Yeah. If everybody starts turning against. Uh, you know, people of color and telling them to go back somewhere. Um, I, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna be the target of anyone's, you know, racism or ire. You know, mm-hmm. they're gonna look at me and see a guy who, hey, must belong here. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and that and that's that is the sad part. It is sad, and I didn't realize that it had gotten to this point. But you're telling me now it's at this point. It is. Yeah. When I see this kind of stuff happening, and this is where it's like I'm, I'm, I'm actually like I'm, I'm kind of pleading to our listeners here because I know we have some listeners who are. Who are Trump supporters? Yeah, we have some listeners who are not. It's amazing that we've held on to them this long, and, and I praise God. I do too. Thank you, um, Trump supporters. Because, because honestly, so, like we are speaking, we're we're trying to speak in love. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's why we've held them because they realize yeah. that we are. But I'm speaking in love, but I'm also speaking from a person to my to to people who are listening mm-hmm. that. You have to realize that the language that is being spoken is so scary to people like me. Yeah. Because now, if even though I'm from here, I'm born and raised. I was born in King City, California. I was raised in, for part of my life in Northern California, raised, but the rest of my life, Southern California. I moved to West Virginia to serve in rural Appalachia for a year. I mm-hmm. fell in love with the state. And I've lived here since 2003. Actually, yeah. I take that back. I moved back for 2004 because I promised In-N-Out Burger that I'd finish out my time. There you go. Day. And you're from Southern California. Yeah. The home of Hollywood. Yeah. What's more American than the film industry? <laughs> the home of the most American band possible, the Beach Boys. There you go. You're from there. I am from there. I went back, told In-N-Out Burger, look, I'm going to finish out my time because I promised you I would. But I'm moving back to West Virginia in August of 2004, which I did. And I came back in August of 2004, and I've been here ever since, caring mm-hmm. for the people of West Virginia, loving the people of West Virginia. Fell in love with my wife, who is a woman from West Virginia. Yeah. Came from a family of Italian immigrants in mm-hmm. West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she, like, we are, we are here. Yeah. And when I see people who are waving the Trump flag... I cringe. Yeah. Not because of them waving that flag, but because of what they're telling me. Because of why. Yes. Because of why. Um, yeah. And so for me, like, I'm I'm seriously, like, I watch my aunt. My aunt is, I mean, she is, um, she obviously is a Mexican woman. Uh, she has a Puerto Rican last name because her husband was Puerto Rican. Um, and so then they got divorced, but she maintained his last name. Yeah. Um, but you know she's been asked questions as to how she can speak English and Spanish fluently. Like, are you legal? And she's like, oh my gosh! And she's lived in fear too. Yeah. And she sees this stuff and she's like, Bobby, what do I do? And she doesn't. She doesn't believe in God anymore. Like she's let. Like she. She's like, I'm done with the church. Like the church has hurt me, and I'm watching all these church people 
who are speaking this hateful stuff. And this is the damage that's happening to my aunt, who I was actually, I felt like maybe I had potential to, like, kind of talk to her about Jesus more. Yeah. She's like, she'll hear me talk about it. She's like, Bobby, I'm done. She sees it as, like, the church is sold out to this politics. Yes. And this cultural, you know, movement towards, you know, frankly, you know, white supremacy and nationalism. Yeah. You know? And so now for me, like, again, like I'm saying for me because I'm I'm the minority here. Um, I'm talking and I'm saying to myself, like, what do we do, right? Yeah. When has it become such a bad thing for people to question systems? It's like we aren't allowed to say, it, you know yeah. what, this seems a little bit racist. In, in America, it's always been the right thing to do. Right. Right. When Martin Luther King Jr. was marching... All the white people got mad. Why? Because mm-hmm. he's raising awareness about, like, dude, black people should have rights, too. Right. People of color should have rights, too. It's worth noting like, that it was 24 25% of the American population uh, in polls at the time agreed with uh, Martin Luther King Jr. when he did the March on Washington. Yeah. And gave the I Have a Dream suit. <laughs> so a, a quarter, less than a quarter of the nation actually agreed with the I Have a Dream speech. Yeah. And... I'd actually be surprised. I wonder what the I wonder what the percentage is now. If you just took quotes from it, you know, um, talking about police brutality, um, you know, talking about um, the unfair like um, history of like economics and things like that, um, you could probably pull out a lot of Martin Luther King Jr. quotes that people would disagree with still today. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I look. I look at this whole process and I think about this is where like I think Christians are the Christians who are being kind of put into this like make America great again you know we gotta make we got we gotta stand strong we gotta keep our place right we gotta keep our values in in, mm-hmm. in store they're forgetting who they follow who they're following <laughs> Or maybe they are knowing who they're following, and they're following Trump, and they're forgetting about Jesus. Because the reality of it is, is that Jesus was a person who would question systems and politics and processes. Yeah. Which made him hated. Oh, absolutely. Which yeah. made him hated by the Pharisees and Sadducees. And so it's like, for me, I'm, I'm almost feeling like we're, we're having this flip mode that's happening where maybe the people who actually don't even necessarily... I mean, there are some who believe in Jesus on the other side. I'm not saying they're not. But I'm saying that the people who do believe in Jesus on the other side um, are being looked at as the the bad guys with the ones who are the Pharisees and Sadducees going, no, our systems are in place to keep things in order, to keep our order, to keep what we believe is right. To yeah. keep, And they're saying now... And then they make up things to make people... Like the fear language of... Well, if you keep, if you let Jesus keep talking, he's going to create right. a mob of people, and they're going to take over the government, and they're mm-hmm. going to ruin everything for us. So what we have to do is kill him. That's what we have to do: kill him, send him back to where he came from. That's basically what they were saying. Sure. And whether you believe that that's what send them back to where they came from really means, look at what he said. Go back to your governments that are falling apart, where there's violence and corruption. And try to make them better. Let's get back to that for a second. What if, number again, what if these women were from these other countries? They're not. They're not. They're not. But no. what if they were from these other countries? Right. And we did say, go back. These other countries don't allow women to have voices. Okay. Many of them. There you go. We live in a beautiful country that says women have a voice. Right. 
How amazing is that? A lot of times, these other countries are so corrupt that if they were to raise, if they even had a voice to be used, they would be killed. We live in a country where almost, I feel, that if you raise your voice and you speak out on something, that you're still protected by law, that you can say what you want to say. Yeah. And then I see, you know, like, okay, well, they say the F word. Donald Trump. I'm sorry, buddy. This is the part where I'm going to tell say this. I've heard you say way worse things. Sure. In regards to women, in regards to people who had um, disabilities, to pe- to to people who hold up a sign that's against you in in a, in one of your rallies where you call them a piece of sh. I'm trying to keep this unexplicit so we can keep ourselves at a family at a family right. level. But where they call people, he calls people a piece of sh. Um, he has said you the mf'er. You know, like he is sure, like, sure. He's, he's, he's he said, said all the, like, all the cuss words, and not only just saying them when you hit your thumb with a hammer, but directed at people at to people. hurt people. Yes, right. And so yes, these people it doesn't make what they're saying right, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you have no right to call them out on the things that they say when right. you say things just as bad. And if you're going to say that this woman, yes, I'm not Muslim, I obviously I'm a follower of Christ, but I'm still going to stand up for people who don't believe like me. Right. I would stand up for an atheist. Right. I would stand up for a, a Jewish person. I would stand up for somebody who was in the Mormon church because mm-hmm. they don't believe like me. Right. I would stand up for a Muslim. Well, I, that's, would, I mean, like, that's the concept of equality. Exactly. Right, so. Because why? They're going to know you're my follower by your love. Right. And so... Not by know. the fear you induce in them. That's sure. right. Sure. And so I'm going to love my neighbor the way that... God loved me. Right. That Jesus loved me. And that is where we have to come back to. And if the Christians who are saying that they are falling in line with this kind of rhetoric, mm-hmm. you are losing the opportunity to share the true gospel with people. Because once you tell people, I'm with this idea of send them back if they think differently. Yeah. Send them back if they have a different idea. Send them back if they have a different way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Send them back if they might possibly say that people need to be taken care of by the government. I don't necessarily know if I agree 100% with some of those things. Mm-hmm. But I'm also going to say they have a freedom to say what they want to say. Why? Yeah. Because the Constitution says so. Right. Because it, it's it, we're not in a tyranny. But, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, for those – if you have a minute, I mean, just for those who haven't really – you know, or who aren't yet convinced that the send them back um, is a racist trope. Um, you know, when when I heard that, I heard someone um, defend it right away, saying like, "Did he mean send them back to, um, you know, foreign nations um, because they're people of color, or does he mean they need to go back to the cities where they came from?" Uh, you know, like AOC, um, perhaps he means for her to go back to, um, you know, New York, uh, her neighborhood in New York. But um, but as you were reading it today, I see that, that that's not the case at all. Mm-hmm. Um, can you read the first part of that tweet? Need to go back to... Yeah, I'm trying to pull it up. I have time limits set on my social media. So that way I protect <laughs> Good myself. for you, buddy. So, so I have to unlock it real Good quick. for you. Well, I just want to say <laughs> that if he does mean, uh, as you pull that up, I want to say if he does mean go back to another country, 
that is a racist trope. That is a thing that I heard <laughs> growing up. I heard people suggest many times that you know, um, you know, black people need to. I would never say this, but quote, go back to Africa. Mm. You know, I heard that growing up. I grew up around um, you know some white people from the south. You know, and I've I've heard them in very offensive ways talk about. They wanted to hit someone, and forgive me for saying this on the podcast, but slap someone back to Africa. Mm. You hear that? You hear how vile that is, you know? And when I hear him, the president say something similar to that, um, even if it's through a tweet, um, I hear that, you know? I, I hear those white people of my youth acting like people of color need to get out of this country and leave the whites alone to do things the right Christian way, you know? And it's just as wrong as it gets, man. He said, So interesting to see progressive Democrat congresswomen who originally came from countries whose governments are a complete and total catastrophe. Right. He said, there it is, countries. It's not yes. from cities. Mm-mm. It's not. We're not talking about crime-ridden neighborhoods of, you know, um, urban areas or something, you know, in America. We're talking about other countries because they have a certain skin color or a certain kind of last name. Mm-hmm. They, need, they don't belong here. They belong in another country. I just want to say for a minute, can we just remind everybody... Um, that Donald Trump was the champion of birtherism against Barack Obama. This was this idea that Barack Obama, because his name is Barack Hussein Obama, because he's a because he was black, um, that he there's no way he could be a real American. Therefore, he needs to show his birth certificate. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people jumped right on that. They're like, absolutely right. He's he's un-American, not American enough to be president. You know, and the implication there is one of white supremacy. You know, this this this. Um, this this idea that um, a, a real American is a is a white person with with a with a with a European last name, you know, like Brown or Smith or you know Bush, you know. And let's remember who his wife is. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, and even people, his other wife. Yeah. I mean, you have I think Ivana, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. And then you have Melania. But you and I are entirely on the side of welcoming his wife. And I'm telling you, Melania Trump is an American by my definition, you know? But, you know, but the thing is, uh, you know, that that whole idea that, like, um, you know, um, if you don't look the way I think you should and you don't have the last name I think you should, there's no way you can be an American. So the assumption is these people aren't real Americans. They need to go back to some other country. And what's funny is... No, I'm going to keep that. Yeah. I'm but, keep the, that. But, but I'm, I'm just, just saying, I'm telling, I just would like everybody to say, that is racist, you know? Yeah. The part, it, it's like, again, it just tells me where he, where his heart is. It's like, why don't they go back and help fix the totally broken and crime-infested places from which they came, mm-hmm. then come back and show us how it is done? These places need your help badly. You can't leave fast enough. Right. Um, this idea of get out. What were you want to say about it? Mike, so, again, these women aren't from other countries. They're from our country. Right. And honestly, if he wants to get deep down and dirty about it, mm-hmm. the areas that they come from are pretty messed up. Mm-hmm. So that is our country that's kind of failing them. 
in that regard, and that's why they felt like they need to run for office, right? To um, improve things where to improve things where they, the neighborhoods and cities where they actually grew up, and to ask questions that weren't being asked, yeah, and to challenge systems that were weren't being challenged, which is America, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, yeah. like that's how the Civil War happened. That's mm-hmm. how I mean people were challenging something that mm-hmm. you know, um, it. My whole I, my whole thing is that this is a country, again, we want to say we want to bring Christian values back. Well, then how about we start demonstrating it mm-hmm. with the love that we're supposed to be sharing through the language that we use. Yeah. And if we want to endorse him as an evangelical leader, because really, that's, that's what we've done. Well, I mean, yeah, and, and a lot of people try to back paddle on that, but I... <laughs> You know, I, mean, I heard it many times over. No, <laughs> so I mean, I, I don't know if you'll hear it as much in 2020 as you did in 2016. But we can. But the, the wonderful thing about the internet is we can just Google stuff that was published in 2016, and it's yeah. still there. So I mean, people, we can see what was said that he was chosen by God. Right. I mean, like we like right. that was that was the. Key. I read plenty of articles by evangelical pastors talking about like, sure, he's got some rough edges, but this is our man. You yeah. know, <laughs> like. And you know the thing is like I'm all about rough edges, dude. Like rough edges are fine. Heck yeah. But this is not rough edges. Mm-hmm. This is not rough edges. There's no. something here. And if he can't hear it, that's a problem. If he can't hear what he sounds like, that's a problem. Now, what about the part? Do you still have the tweet up? Can you? I'm 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 interested in the part where um, the now that we're racist part <laughs> that stuck out to me. Now that we're racist, right? Um, they don't like the country now that we're all, you know. Oh, um, yeah, let me pull that one up. Yeah. That was a little bit further up in his many tweets. I'm going to get a little historical uh, um, on the podcast, which I, I am won't to do. So he says, sorry, I can't let them into our country. If too crowded, tell them not to come to USA and tell the Dems to fix the loopholes. Problem solved. That was about the, um, mm-hmm. the immigrants coming in. Um so sad to see the Democrats sticking up for people who speak so badly of our country and who, in addition, hate Israel with a true and unbridled passion. Whenever confronted, they call their adversaries, including Nancy Pelosi, racist. Their disgusting language and the many terrible things they say about the United States must not be allowed to go unchallenged. If the Democrat Party wants to continue to condone such disgraceful behavior, they will look even more forward to seeing you at the ballot box in 2020. Mm-hmm. Now, um, can I just say something to that real quick? Sure, go ahead. What was his campaign on? Oh yeah, make America great again. Sure. And all all he talked about was education systems trash. Right. This is trash. Mm-hmm. All trash. This is garbage. There's a swamp. Right. All he did was speak badly about our country. Right. But we elected him. <laughs> That's a good point. And he's telling sure. people who speak badly of our country to leave. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. Hate Israel. Okay. I don't necessarily know. Like, I know that there's a person who's not for Israel. Yeah. But she's also speaking her point of view, and that should be respected. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not connected in that regard. And and honestly, I'm not a. I'm not so caught up in um, that right. whole idea of Israel Palestine. Like, I don't like. I'm right. You you might not. And and in it's fact, not my, you, it's not my thing. I'm right. I probably I probably should do better at knowing more about that. Sure, but if but, it, but if a comment but if a comment is inappropriate in a subtle way, you wouldn't pick up on it as fast, no. right? Because you're not schooled in like what's been going on. Right, right. 
Um, and, and like, I, well, I know what's been going on, but I also don't mm-hmm. know if the things that she says are as as hardcore anti-Semitic mm-hmm. as he claims. But it was interpreted that way. But if what she said is anti-Semitic, then what he has just said is most certainly racist because it's right there. It reveals it has it poss- it reveals some internal bias. Yeah, and it slipped out. You know. You know, I, I don't know if this is a slip, but when you had read the tweet originally, he said, uh, you know, um, you know, talking about how people were, um, you know, upset with the country. Just paraphrasing here, upset with the country now that we're all racist. I think it was in one of the first tweets, you know. Um, but uh, you know, race. We've talked about it on here before. You know, um, race and racism in America. It's it's been something in the very beginnings of of American culture before before there was a United States of America just in the colonies you know I mean um, you know one of the I mean just going back to Columbus you know one of the first things that Columbus did was take um, some indigenous people back to Europe Europe mm-hmm. and he saw it as a way to monetize um, his voyage you know mm-hmm. um, you know that that slavery could be a way to make money other things too you mm-hmm. know um, you know goods and and um, even timber and resources and things like that, but also the people. Looking mm-hmm. at the people as resource, you know. Right. And um, you know this this went on and it sort of developed and a whole slave trade was going on before there even was a revolutionary war, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know in the colonies and everything. Um, but you know the racial caste system that we have in America was very much created to justify that, you know. Um, so when the American Revolution did happen. You know, there was already a racial caste system in place, you know, and there was already slavery going on. A vast majority of the people who signed the Declaration of Independence were slave owners, you know. Uh, Thomas Jefferson, you know, I I love him, but, you know, he had uh, well over 100 slaves when he wrote, um, you know, that um, we were endowed with our creator with certain inalienable rights, you know. Uh, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, you know, uh, mm-hmm. liberty sticks out to me because he owned well over 100 slaves and he didn't free them. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, it was a different time. And I'm like, but he was a revolutionary. You know what I mean? If there was a time to free the slaves, it was then. It was like, I believe in freedom so much that, boom, my slaves are free. You know, um, you know, and then uh, by the time he died, uh, he owned uh, over 200 slaves. And I think he set free uh, five or six people who were actually blood relatives of him. And a lot of people who thought that slaves slavery was wrong or that the racial caste system was wrong um, did set people free. You know, George Washington famously set some people free on his deathbed. Uh, John Adams, second president, did not own slaves and would not, you know, and in fact was more supportive of a revolution in Haiti um, because um, he saw them as people. But Thomas Jefferson, next president, didn't quite see it that way. He was not supportive of a revolution in Haiti because a revolution of ha- in Haiti would have meant that a predominantly black population would be declaring freedom against <laughs> a predominantly white nation. Mm-hmm. And uh, Thomas Jefferson was very uncomfortable with that, you know, because because he owned slaves. So, you know, really that sort of racial caste system is in the is unfortunately in the fabric of our being. Fast forward to the Civil War, you know, and, um, you know, the Emancipation Proclamation. Uh, I w- here's where uh, I hope I'm not boring your listeners, but um, there was some there was some hope there. You know, there was some real hope, actually, um, after Lincoln emancipated the slaves that there could be equality. And for a while there, people tried. It failed, but it tried. And do you know who tried the hardest in the years 
after the Civil War. Do you know who tried the hardest? The Republican Party, the mm. party of Lincoln. Wow. Because in that time, um, the Republican Party uh, wanted to do things differently. And, you know, um, the, the Democratic Party, uh, which um, um, w- was actually formed to um, maintain the racial caste system initially um, and to sort of keep the status quo, um, if slavery was going to be illegal, there was still going to be a way to uh, keep the racial caste system of, like, you know, skin color. You know, the darker you are, the lower you were uh, in the in the caste system. Um, actually criticized the Republican Party for being uh, too liberal and for having biracial coalitions in government because the Republicans wanted to include all the newly freed um, slaves and have black and white people working side by side in government. Yeah. You know, um, if you could take that Republican Party of the 1800s and show them the house now, you know, with mm-hmm. women, with people of color, it would have looked more like what they were working for in the years after the Civil War. Um, but actually, the Democratic Party then wanted to keep it all white and actually, um, by fraud and force and, mm-hmm. you know, fear and intimidation, actually um, force people out of office. Um, you know, cheated, lied, whatever, swindled, you know, and actually uh, did their best to keep government all white again. And then you had entered into a time of what a lot of historians call the nadir of race relations in this country. Um, and it is um, the late 1800s into the early 1900s. It was about 40 years. Um, this is when you had Jim Crow laws. Mm-hmm. You know, this is when you had segregation in schools, and this is when um, this is when um, people were treated um, as bad or even worse in some in some cases than than slavery. Like freedom was only on paper, mm-hmm. you know. And um, in time, you know, the Democratic Party and uh, the Republican Party, the Party of Lincoln. <laughs> actually kind of traded places throughout the 20th century, you know, because the idea was to court um, what um, Reagan's uh, campaign manager called the Wallace voter. Um, You know, the Republican Party throughout the 20th century started to understand that um, white people in general were afraid of having equality with people of color. And since they're in the majority... You've got to address those fears, and you got to court them in a way that basically amounts to racism. And sometime in in the you know forties, fifties, early sixties, it was overt racism, and then in sixties, seventies, and eighties, it had to be sort of coded, you know, so that people yeah. could have white supremacy but without feeling racist, you know. And so it, throughout the twentieth century, Republicans and Democrats have changed, you know. So now you look at the Democratic Party now, it's kinda like what the Republican Party was like we're in opposite land, you know. But wouldn't you love to see the Republican Party and, you know, these these evangelical conservative Republicans get back to their roots and be the party of Lincoln and say yeah. we're gonna have not just biracial but multiracial coalitions and government, yeah. you know, that we're gonna do the right thing, you know? Yeah. So how about that, Republican listeners? <laughs> get back to your roots. Yeah. Again, I think even I mean like yeah, I think Democrats are moving in a good spot. I think Republic. I think there are some Republicans moving in a good spot. I think the reality of it is, it's just this. I, I, even like, let's even step away from the political title. Okay, Republican Democrat. Let's go back to the Christian title. All right, right. Like, learn how to 
respond to these things the way that a Christian should respond mm -hmm. with love peace kindness right mm -hmm. for the spirit right right um, recognizing that some of these words truly do cause hurt mm -hmm. and do cause fear I think I think um, justified fear I mean if you're afraid that your neighbor believes that you shouldn't even be in this country um, then you gotta at least in part have some fear of what actions they might take yeah. uh, to get you out yeah. it may not be overt you know but or, it may be you know but it's gonna be something or know? even if I don't believe what they believe like right. if I politically right like that's that's the thing that cracks me up too yeah is that yeah I may not believe with you, what you believe politically but you know forget politics yeah do you believe in Jesus Right, yeah. like I mean, that should be our question. Like, do you believe in Jesus? Like, like, do you believe in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Mm -hmm. Okay. Are you a follower of Christ? Mm -hmm. Okay. Or you, you are, or you aren't. No, I'm not. Okay, well, let's talk about that. Like, no, I don't care if you if you are for abortion or anti-abortion. I don't care if you're if you're for, for LGBTQ or anti-LGBTQ. I don't care about that. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about Jesus first, right? right. And then we'll talk about your responses to these things. Okay. Because ultimately, that's where we have to be. Yeah. But we've forgotten that. It's all about our political agenda. It's all about who we voted for, how we voted, are we wrong, are we right, who's wrong, who's right. When ultimately, if you're a follower of Christ and you're listening to this and you're saying, that's where my heart is, then that's where, you're, that's where everything should be flowing. So when you hear words that cause damage to people, mm -hmm. your response shouldn't be, oh, well, they're just, they're just snowflakes. Right. Your response shouldn't be, oh, well, they're just libtards. Sure. Your response shouldn't be, oh, well, they're just sensitive. Mm -hmm. That's not racist. Because that's some of the response, too. Those that's, responses were not racist. Those words were not racist. And you know what? I've heard it with my own yeah. ears, Bobby. Yeah. You know? They were not racist. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Say that all you want. But people took it that way. And there's a yeah. lot of people taking it that way. And when you go to a rally of his people yelling, send her back, mm -hmm. send her back, to where? When she's from here? Mm -hmm. Or she's a citizen of here? Mm -hmm. Why send her back? Because she says something differently than what our president says? Because she believes something differently? What kind of Christian response is that? Yeah. And if you are a Christian and that's your response, you better check your Christianity. You better check it, yeah. Because that's not how it works. Yeah. Like, that is never how it's supposed to work. If, yeah. And you can look at your scripture and you can tell me right now, if you can tell me where Jesus said that that's okay to say, then I'll say, okay, you're right. Then I'll start saying it too. Sure. But I don't see that ever in scripture. No. I don't see Jesus ever saying, you know what, if somebody thinks differently than you, that's right. Put yeah. them out. If Are they a part of us? Okay. Because he even said that too. They're like, well, they're baptizing people. Well, he's like, look, they're doing it in my name. Mm -hmm. Let them do it. Okay. Just yeah. because they're not a part of our group doesn't mean they can't do it. Okay. Yeah. Like what? what like uh, I mean, are they doing it in the name of Satan? No. Okay. They're doing it. In the name of, okay. Cool. Yeah. They're not a part of our group. Uh No. But they're a part of us. He did say that. It's and it is shocking to hear Jesus say that because you would be, it, it would be. Uh, uh, I can't think of. I can't. I can't hear a pastor. A Christian pastor saying such a thing today, <laughs> and yet Jesus Himself said it. You know, yeah. 
So. I mean, like it, mm-hmm. it, we have this power struggle that's going on. We want yeah. our political parties to win, but we have to remember that yeah. Christ needs to be the winner. Yeah, Christ he is, is the ultimate winner. We right. like, we know that he wins it all, but we need to be living in that way, and we need to be right. teaching in that way and speaking in that way. Which means that if our Republican Party does something wrong, we own it. If our Democratic Party does something wrong, we own it. Amen. If it's in the eyes of Jesus, right? And because that's where we should be viewing it all. Right. And if if these words that are coming from this party are spewing, are are creating a fear in people, mm-hmm. we need to speak out against that. We need to say, look, whether it was racist or meant to be racist or not, people took it that right. way. So now, how about instead of trying to defend yourself and say, just apologize? Right. Imagine what kind of power that would have if you just said, look, I'm sorry that I offended. I really did not mean to offend. These are the words that I meant. Like, yes, I, and I spoke out in, in anger, in frustration, mm-hmm. because some of the things that you say, I feel like you are anti this or that mm-hmm. I feel like you, you, you are not supporting the American ideals when you say these things. Let's talk about them. Yeah. Let's not, let me not tweet about them. Let me not make a big deal about them or rally. Yeah. Let's sit and let's talk. Yeah. But instead, it's a, it's a power, 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 power. And it's an us versus them. And that is where we are losing because Christians are buying into this us versus them mentality. And that is where we're losing. We are losing. Mm-hmm. And the sad part is we have brothers and sisters who are feeling like they are being marginalized and pushed aside because of some of the words that are being tossed around. Right. And we don't care. Or being suspected as being un-American, you know. It's and, like, it, and instead yeah. of saying, let's let's talk about that. Yeah. It's a, well, you're a snowflake. Yeah. No, I'm definitely... That's silly. You know, just a word on that side note. Um, you, do you remember the famous picture of the couple at the Trump rally? And it's, I think it said, Trump for president, F your feelings, you know? Yeah. You remember that? That was a pretty famous picture. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I thought what was remarkable about that was the Trump campaign was always about emotion. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know the the first thing he said when he's like, people are pouring into this country, you know, and, and that was to generate fear, you know, um, you know, make America great again is this idea of, um, you know, that that's sort of like this sort of national pride feeling, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so um, fear and and patriotism, uh, two very real emotions um, that have always been part of it, you know. Yeah. And um and not just fear of of the other uh, as far as like foreigners but fear of what our liberals can do to your freedoms, you know. That was always part of the Trump campaign. So it's it's always been about emotion. So I just like to put that to the side right now. So there's there's no f your feelings. It's like you got the feelings too and Trump is making you feel good, you yeah. know. So again, it's how do we respect each other and love mm-hmm. each other the way Christ tells us to? Absolutely. In differences and in similarities. How do we celebrate who we are? How do we how do we truly live up to the American ideals of allowing people to have opinions and not threatened because they have the different opinions? How do we honor people who have different opinions? Yeah. How do we sit down and have healthy conversations around the different opinions? And how do we start eradicating the fear? The fear that's being implanted in people over others? Yeah. Because that's the thing. It's like this one side is fearing a group of people that may or may not be a threat. Yeah. And this other side is fearing a group of people that may or may not be a threat. But nobody's honoring each other in the conversation. Because once somebody says something against their ideas, you are anti no, I'm not anti you. I'm just I'm questioning. 
I want to know mm-hmm. how does this policy help America? How does this policy help humanity? How how are you really helping our people? Like these are the questions that are being asked. And how does supporting one group of people overseas like what does that mean for a group of people who feel like they're being threatened too? Like shouldn't okay. we be so, like supporting like both? Like why not? Like what is going on there? Like mm-hmm. because all that's saying is that well if you're from this area then you're not one of us. Right. Well that's not fair either, right? Like I mean because it's, I mean, there's so much to it. Yeah. And and the words are what hold value. And James actually said, the book of James says that your words are like, your tongue is like a, a, a fire. It's like a, a wildfire. Yeah. That can just, it can go crazy if you don't watch what you're saying. We can tame a, a horse, a wild beast with putting a bit in their mouth. Right. But we can't tame our tongue. Absolutely. And, you know, I sometimes want to just, you know, I'm a words person. I'm an English teacher, you know, and, and words mean a lot to me, but I think at the end of the day, you know, what, what really are words, are they anything? But, you know, the Bible, you know, that, that scripture that you just mentioned, James tells us that words do matter, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, that is just why I want people in leadership to, to be wise about their words. Um, it, it does have an effect. And, and I was concerned about this sort of, um, this sort of, back paddling like moving backwards on the progress that uh american culture has made since the civil rights movement and i i feel like this is for now steps backwards mm-hmm. um the silver lining is that this is probably going to ignite um future generations yeah you know uh, it may very well show people that the president does have uh, an effect on the culture. When you see in, in terms of how we treat one another, there was a, a video of the rally where people mm-hmm. are yelling, sitting yeah. back, and there's a little twelve-year-old girl in the back yelling out the same words. Absolutely right, and yeah. um, in and um, I, I understand that there are going to be people maybe grow up like her, you know, um, and, and maybe not change their minds. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm hoping that this sort of greater love will will prevail, yeah. and that you know the next generation will look at the tape of that rally and go, no, nah. no, we we can't do that again. Well, I was. Um... I'm hoping we sort of radicalize some people for love and radicalize some people for equality. Yeah. You know, uh, rather than radicalize them to to fear, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I want to close out um, this time because I feel like, you know, we've, I think that this is a, it's been a good conversation. Mm-hmm. And I hope that it's challenging to you as a listener. I hope that you're thinking through um, ways to love each other on either side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because that's really what it's going to take is that. Uh, for us to get back to where we need to be as christians as as a as a community as a as a as a world um we have to remember that the person on the other side is still made in god's image right we've talked about that before um and all are deserving of respect every i mean like they are deserving of um you know um 
being held in, a, in 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 some sort of manner that you can you can listen to them. Yeah, you know, um, and, I, and I feel like we we have to get back there. Um, but there's a I had a little ska day the other day. I was listening to uh, I think you might have saw my post about Mighty Mighty Bostones. I was no, like, how did I miss a, that? I don't know, but it was a beautiful day, and I was driving, and I was actually going to do. Um, a, a blessing of the pets at an event. You know, they asked me to come do it, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll do that. That's fine." Um, Ooh, I want a podcast about that. Yeah, Bobby, we, we so. can talk about we okay. can talk about that sometime. But, okay. Um, but the the thing about it is, like, they you know, while I was writing, I was listening to Mighty Mighty Boston's, and there was an album that came out in 1997, and one of the songs on there. Um, uh, let me see if I can find it here, um, <laughs> because it was yeah. it's called um, Let's Face It. Yeah, um, I remember. Yeah, and the song "Let's Face It" basically talks about the idea that, um, look, <laughs> you're racist, like you're racist, you're a bigot, you're sexist. Be sure, like we are not going to stand for your hate. And then it says, like, that if we if we can't erase it, mm-hmm. then who will? Like, and and then shame on us. Sure. And this is in 1997. I know. I know. And now we're in 2019, mm-hmm. 22 years later. Yeah. And you are having people still talk about racism, sexism. That's my frustration is like we should have figured this out, you know, but we're making the same mistakes again. When you have a ska band (laughs) making a point, right? Yeah. Like Like Mighty Mighty Boston is a great band. I I love them. But but they're a ska band. Yeah. And and I'm not dissing ska because I love ska too. I'm going to make that clear. But. No offense taken. Again. They're a ska band, like, yeah. and they were on the movie right. Clueless. Like right. it was, I mean, and right. Your point is, they're they're just they're, they're, they're just entertainers, yes, really. They're and entertainers, they're, and they're making this message you know, that Christians should be carrying, but we are missing it because we are caught up on. Well, what about my agenda, my policy? Yeah. How about we stand well. against racism, sexism, bigotry? Because seriously, if we don't end this if we don't erase this who will shame on us shame on us if we are not doing it when you sell your soul to gain the world this is where you get yeah 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 so with that being said that's my last thought man that was my last thought yeah that was my last thought too yeah um you know I'm we don't do this often but I'm gonna pray Uh, I'm gonna close this out in prayer yeah um just because I think that we need it yeah, uh, I need it. I think that we need it as a country. We need it as people who are trying to figure out how to live life together, and especially if we're trying to live life for the glory of Christ. So hopefully, hopefully you're still listening, and um, you can join me in this prayer. If you're driving, don't worry about closing your eyes. Drive, but you can join us in the prayer. Father God, um, we seek you in this time. We honor, we glorify you in your power, your might, your mercy, your grace. We know that you are our our amazing Savior God who has come to be with us, who loved us so much that you sent your Son to be with us, and we thank you for that. God, we, we need you. We know we've failed. On all sides, we've failed. We have we have turned against you in things, we have done our own thing, we've chosen our own ideas above yours, chosen our own desires above yours. Our agendas have been more important than yours. God, forgive us. Give us grace. Give us mercy. Continue to do that. 
But Lord, again, we seek you. We seek you for your truth, for your humility, for your power, so we can honor you in everything that we do, that your glory can shine through us for the people who are trying to figure out who you are. God, people are questioning the church. People are questioning people who say that they follow Jesus. They're wanting to see true examples. And Lord, you said that they will know that we are your followers by our love. They, know, they will know that we are your followers by our love. Help us to love better. If we love you, we will love each other better. Move us. Guide us. Direct us. Lead us. May your words flow from our mouths. May people be empowered and lifted and lifted up through our voices. Not put down. Not oppressed. Not fearful. But encouraged. Challenged. Loved. By you. Through us. We praise you. We thank you. We seek you in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. It's been the Frankincense Podcast. Um, again, if you like what you're hearing, uh, please rate us on iTunes. Uh, leave a comment. I know this is a heavy episode, um, but we'd love to have your feedback on our Facebook page. Looking forward to that conversation. Um, but again, Frankincense Podcast, this is Bobby. This is Jared. We will talk to you guys later. Bye.